Hey guys, welcome back to Tap That AZ Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Walters. Before we jump into this episode, I wanted to tell you guys about an awesome project we are working on. So my business partner, Luke Irvin, and I, uh, Luke is from Mixed Mercury Media. Um, you've probably seen a lot of his photography on our website and on our social media. So Luke runs Mixed Mercury Media, does photography, videography, web development, um, social media management. So if you need that for your business, reach out to him, Luke at mixedmercury.com. Dude does great work. So him and I are working on um, volume one of the Arizona beer book. So we're going to highlight 40 breweries in Arizona with each one of these volumes. Volume one, looking to get this thing out in October, early October. So October 1st or before is the goal. And so we're working on that. So follow us on Instagram at the Arizona Beer Book, and the website is the Arizona Beer So, not much up on the website now, but we'll be adding things um, as we progress through this pre order and all that kind of stuff when it comes, uh, becomes available. But if you follow us on Instagram, you'll be able to follow us through this journey of creating the Arizona Beer Book. So, this beer book is going to be pretty awesome. Picture a hardcover, uh, photo centric book covering um, highlighting 40 breweries across the state of Arizona for this first volume so check it out at the Arizona Beer Book on Instagram all right let's get into this episode our girl Liz Lindbergh went over to Riva Farms for the old school farm picnic uh, they had some workshops going on picnic food all kinds of awesome stuff uh, Mark over at Riva Farms is doing some awesome things so Liz had some great conversations with some great people so let's tap into Old School Farm Picnic at Riba Farms. There you go. Looks nice on you. All right. Can you guys hear me? Yeah. I can hear you. Hi. Awesome. Well, go ahead and introduce yourselves and tell me what you guys are having as a beverage. My name is Kurt Granstrom. I'm from Pharmacopoeia. I'm a small-scale, beyond-organic grower of food, and I am drinking a wonderful Pilsner that I know very little about <laughs> other than it tastes absolutely delicious, and I'm picky about my Pilsners. We'll fill you in on the secret in a little bit, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And you, sir? I'm Brett Viber, Cartwright's Modern Cuisine. Uh, I am drinking the exact same thing as everyone else, and I also know the same amount. <laughs> yeah, me too. All right, well, gentlemen. very delicious. Cheers. Cheers. Sante. Cheers. Mm-hmm. For those of you who are, you know, keeping up, we're drinking 12 West Pilsner. It's called their Zona Pilsner. Awesome little Pilsner. Uh, they are from right around this neck of the woods. Uh, 12 West is not far from here. They have their brewery at Barn One in Agritopia. And so this is a very nice, light, refreshing Pilsner. Great thing about this Pilsner is that is it, avail- it is available at many retailers around the state, um, including Whole Foods. Uh, so to package a beer is really not like... It's very expensive. It's not It's not a cheap thing. But when you do, it is so, so poignant. And they do such a great job. So 12 West has been doing a couple of their uh, stuff and packages. But now it's like, all right, this is river ready. This is summer ready. It's ready to just crack open a cold one. And it happens to be their Zona Pilsner. So gentlemen, drink up because this one's really good. So, it's yeah. like the first day of summer. Right? <laughs> Shout well, out to and, Noel. And Thank I've you, man. Epif- You're awesome. I've had an epiphany that every beer garden in Arizona needs 50 percent shade cloth yeah, yeah, yes I'm, I'm, please I'm oh, absolutely this totally beautiful not underneath here. here didn't this just save the podcast <laughs> i was starting to get the sweats I'm like oh it's man funny. it's like a campfire like it makes everybody gather around in the shade <laughs> it's a campfire <laughs> awesome well yeah so we're here at riba farms we're enjoying a gorgeous spring day out here one of the reasons we're out here is to highlight some of our local chefs so go ahead and tell us what you what, what what's your story tell us what you did today <laughs> All your good things. Uh, what we did today, uh, Cartwrights did a mesquite brioche roll. So we're massive foragers up at Cartwrights. Uh, so 
we have plenty of our own uh, mesquite flour uh, made a roll out of that and then <clears throat> we're very fortunate enough to get lambs and pigs and goats from Brad Payne at the Hungry Herdsman so we're roasting up one of his pigs today uh, put it on a beautiful bed of coleslaw that is all uh, harvested from here on the farm within the last couple of days and here we are that's proper local Arizona food I love it proper proper Arizona food not improper Arizona food no it's proper (laughs) Arizona Arizona proper proper hi girls we have a couple of other guests over here they don't have their headphones on but do you guys want to be part of this too come Come on on right on up come on in this is a very family friendly event Um, oh man what's your name honey Hi. You got to talk into the microphone. What was your favorite part of today? The Easter egg. What did you find? Mostly can't. Mostly can't. Add a girl. Shaped like carrots, though, so there's that. (laughs) Deceiving. (laughs) Deceiving. Awesome. Love it. This is a very family-friendly event. I love seeing it. I love seeing dogs around here, too. I'm from, I'm from Central Phoenix, so it's very it's very rare that I actually get to engage and have fun and just, like, meet the growers, meet the chefs. I mean, I'm a big food beer nerd, so I'm, like, ah, fangirling over here. Uh, so I'm so happy that you guys got to jump on, on no, my thank podcast. You. So uh, go ahead and tell us about a little bit more about what your story is. Uh, well, I, I know Mark. I worked for Mark back. Uh, seven or eight years ago when he was at a different location. He was kind of my entrance into jumping out of my industry and deciding that I'm going to figure out a way to grow food Mm -hmm. and just wake up and think about things that matter. Uh, You know, food and shelter are like two of the most noble things from the beginning of time that matter to people. Like every day, like you need those two things. It doesn't matter where you live. So people that provide those things, I've... I've always had this attraction to wake up and think about things that matter. So I've been, I guess I'm about four years into a soil building project down by South Mountain, uh, where we started with a big compost project that somebody lost. They, you know, the tractor broke and they were spending too much money on water and all kinds of weed seeds. And I just started spreading it out and planting in it. Uh, I do intensive agriculture on I've, most of my food is planted inside of about a quarter acre, but I do very close rows, and I'm starting things in plug trays. So when I pull beets, I can have beets that are three weeks old to put back in. So I start planting in September and try and get as much out before April as possible, and then kind of skate into the summer months and try and find some other ways to make money or <laughs> hang out in the shade and drink beer. Listen, or, um, intensive agriculture <laughs> sounds like a dope album name. Like, <laughs> yeah. Intensive Metal, agriculture. Right? Bio-intensive agriculture. Broccoli. <laughs> yeah, totally. I could totally see that. <laughs> but I, awesome. I grow specialty greens. Uh, okay. So like primarily right now, I've got carrots and beets and radishes coming out and shifting to... Uh, I grow some unique tomatoes and melons, and I like I think I've got a basil that uh, is an F3 from a strain that somebody got on an island off the coast of Africa. What? And they crossed it with another opal. Um, I've got a, a mint that literally comes from North Africa, a traditional Moroccan mint. I grow tomatoes that are a hybrid between two heirlooms, uh, so they're completely unique varieties. And Biology is so cool. Well, it's what I was talking about before. If you're going to grow things, you might as well be observant and find the things that spark, the things that work. So I, ha- I, ha- I grow heat-tolerant lettuces that... Two years ago, under shade cloth, I was harvesting these huge iceberg lettuces on Fourth of July weekend. Whoa. And everyone in the world tells me you can't do that in Phoenix. Yeah, and I'm like, no, you can't do no, that in you Phoenix. Can't. Like, Don't you tell keep me what you can't. You find do. out what you can do, and uh, I'm attracted to people that look at life that way. I love it. I absolutely. So, so hearing that from a grower as a chef. Like what, how does that make you like, what kind of level of excitement does that like put you at? <laughs> I think that's how all of us end up in the same place on a Saturday morning is, yeah. is they like-minded people gravitate to one another. And you know, what, what he's saying about how, how to get up and live your life and what you think about every day is, is the exact same way that I, I think about it. I walked away from a big corporate job five mm-hmm. years ago to move to Cave Creek, Arizona from downtown Chicago because I wanted to 
I wanted to embrace life more. <clears throat> I wanted to be more intimate with the food and, and, and have a better connection rather than, rather than just, you know, operating a restaurant or a group of restaurants that, that, you know, has, has a great name behind it because it's trendy or something of that sort. Why are, why are people coming to sure. the restaurant? It, it, it should be a story on a plate and this is where the story starts. Mm-hmm. I'm fortunate enough to finish the story, but I always tell people, you know, we have, we have collaboration dinners once a month at the restaurant where we have not just a guest chef, but a guest farm and a guest winery or a sake maker to, to make sure every, all these kinds of people are, are getting to know one another. It's great to have the dinner. It's more, it's very rewarding to put out, you know, a very special menu, but <clears throat> to have, to have everyone in that room, just like this. These are great days for me where you, right. where you either meet new people, you see people you already know because you your, your dealings are with them. I mean, it's great for me to be down here right now today. I'm usually here and I'm, I'm by myself on a Monday morning at 7 o'clock and, and picking up my stuff. There's nothing better than that, right? No, there really just isn't. Just you and, and, the, and the plants and the farm and, and the soil and the earth and you're just like, this is this is my Monday morning, right? And you most of us are stuck on the ten, hating life, right. and you're just like, no, I'm out here and I'm just enjoying, like, it, it brings a, it, like this is awesome. It That's brings a great, great balance job. to you know both jobs, all jobs revolving around this industry: right. fishermen, farmers, ranchers, chefs. We we, we work crazy hours. So I, <clears throat> I think I I try and tell people, you know, years ago I wanted to find a way to bring balance to my <laughs> life, and that wasn't working less necessarily. It was finding balance with your work and your personal. My, <clears throat> my, my kids were here yesterday morning during yeah. setup, so you know they were playing with the pigs and the goats and and all of that. And, and I would have been right with the kids, by the way, playing right, with the pigs and the goats. You get, you get jealous <laughs> totally, of their events. Totally, that's my thing. But but for for us, that that's kind of more how it is. Is that you know our everyone we work with, be it purveyors or or even our own employees, we want everyone to feel like family. You want to create your own culture. You want <clears throat> you I, I wanted to do something different. Right. And, and now we're capable of doing something different. Right. Our whole our whole kind of like dichotomy and our social social kind of aspect is just shifting from mm-hmm. I mean it started a while ago too. I feel like this isn't like a, no. a new brand new mm-hmm. like click it's here. It's it's a movement and yep, it's, it's progressive. And yeah and I well love and, and it's that. also attached to the archaic. It's attached to where we came from. People want like, to get like, back to their and roots. It's one of the things that I've found We've when I've forgotten I, how to be regular. When yeah. I moved out into like spending time hours in the morning by myself in a field i it took me years to realize that what i found was meditation therapeutic i've always tried to find a way to quiet my brain and meditation was always something that like the more you grasp for it the harder it is to but then i found this space that i was in that was the most peaceful state of mind that i've ever found and it's being connected to the length of the days and the seasons that are changing and the animals that are around you that are trying to take what you're creating and like all those things that we've been attached to for thousands of years that like in the last 75 years generally speaking society's been plucked out of that and and you know oh, just take this and buy this and you'll be happy Taking and do this and you'll be happy because it's you convenient. need a different color hair to be happy or you need a different car to be happy or you need a different house to be happy those are then and, and when you step out of outside of all of that you find this peacefulness that uh it's addictive it's beyond <laughs> addictive and it, it was really it became Last year, I started inviting more people onto the property, and now we've got multiple people doing things. And all of a sudden, I realized I let go of my peace. Like, all of a sudden, people are walking in. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. And, and I had the same thing. It's like finding the balance. And, uh-huh. uh, I think one of the biggest motivating factors for me was attaching my children to what real food is. Oh, I love that. They know that carrots oh my are God. delicious. My, my bucket is getting full. My heart is like <laughs> literally they, they, jumping out of my chest. That's Kay, such Kaylin, a beautiful thing to Kaylin, say. do you like carrots? You know why? Because she picks them out of the ground and she eats them. And that Straight is, up. That is a High carrot. Five, it's not that yeah. shaved thing in a plastic bag that's been soaked in chlorinated water and kept in a cooler for nine months and then put on a shelf at Fry's. How for cool you to, is your dad? That's not a carrot. How cool is he? So when kids, Seriously. when their friends tell them, I don't like carrots, they're like, yeah, you don't, you you don't, don't know. You don't know good carrots. <laughs> you don't know my dad's so carrots. You send, don't know good carrots I from send the bad them to, carrot. to them was for, you know, for lunch and she has some left over and she hands them out at the pickup line afterwards. Mm-hmm. She's like, yeah, my dad grew these. <laughs> I mean, oh I my could, God. I what grade are you in? More. You're in fifth. I teach sixth grade. I know. I get it. I get it. Fifth grade is by far the best. 
Enjoy. You only have what twenty something days left to school. Yeah. Are you excited? Yeah, I know. The, the smile on her face as soon as I said, are you excited? She's like, yeah. Oh, I know. My sixth graders are so ready to be done, too. Yeah, we feel it. So but are their I teachers. I love that. Their teachers. <laughs> Listen, your teachers are human beings, and we love you guys. We love you guys to pieces, absolute pieces. But we want you guys to have a good summer, too. And we need to have a good summer, too. So when we come back, and if like your next year sixth grade teachers is like, Bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, it's because they had a good summer and because they had such a great fifth-grade class the year before. So, yeah. Seventh graders are cool, too. Are you in seventh grade? <laughs> oh, well, I'm right in between you guys. Fifth, sixth, seventh. Are you excited for eighth grade? Yeah. Are you ready to just be like, I'm done with this, I'm smart, I'm ready to go on, give me some algebra, give it to me? No. Yeah. <laughs> You're all good till you brought up algebra. Until algebra. Trust me. I little little teacher uh, confession confession right now. I hated math. Hated math. I hated algebra. I hated testing. I had testing anxiety. Like I got really nervous, and it's like my gut would tell me one answer, and then I'd second guess it, and then I'd go with the non gut answer, and I would get it wrong. So I'm telling you right now, teachers, believe it or not used to actually be students too and we feel the exact same way as you guys less social media in Fortnite, but we're all on the mm-hmm. same page okay <laughs> do you know you guys know what Fortnite is yeah no they know exactly do you do you like do the boys in your class do like a oh my gosh i hate it but they do that i hate it i don't know what Fortnite. oh my I'm, gosh no I'm exactly so lost Dad. Right now. I'm like, can i get another my head in, Dad, I got my no. head, in the, head in the dirt and the plants is something so one of these days i'm gonna do an actual podcast for my kids to listen to and they're just gonna be like it's gonna be confessions of your sixth grade teacher and they're there just like go. no well thank you girls very much for being on our podcast actually that's a good point you yep. have a very interesting like perspective right into everything that's going on. Like I'm on the outside, just like, uh, I don't know. (laughs) I've got two of them. They're, they're, they're teenagers, but listen, there's a reason why your teacher, your sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade, middle school teachers are teachers and they love to teach that way. You know why? I'll give you one big, big hint. You know why? We love embarrassing you. We love, I mean, it, it fills our buckets. It, it, it enriches our souls because you know what? We had teachers who did the same things to us when we were in sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. <laughs> For sure. Think back when you were a teenager, a pubescent teenager, and you were just like, I had that one teacher and he will, or she will always stick into my mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why we live to do it because we love you guys that much. For sure. Ladies, thank you so much for being on my podcast. Yay. Gentlemen, thank you so much for being on thank my podcast. You, my I pleasure. appreciate you guys so much. Thank you so, so much. Cheers. It's been so great. Yes, cheers. Happiness in the shade. Happy yeah. 420, by the way. Yes, also indeed. in happy 420. Happy 420. Cheers to that, guys. Smoke them if you got them. All right, so I have Sarah Ann here. Sarah Ann, go ahead and tell me a little bit about what you're doing today. Uh, so today we're, we're, uh, we were helping out with the chefs. Um, I'm with Scott's Foundation. I'm a thought and service leader, and that's where uh, kids from foster care come. We work together to help the community better than what, how we found it. Um, and for example, for me personally, I want to pr- promote peace and nonviolence in our world. So that's kind of my goal in life and what I want to do. Um, but yeah, we were. Ho- I was helping the chefs, Chef Brett from Cartwrights. I was help. We were helping out. Um, as much as we could. We were the VIP guests, but we were like, eh, let's just help out anyway. <laughs> I love it. Awesome. Well, I'm so glad to have you. Gentlemen, I just had you guys just jump on and go ahead and introduce yourselves and let us know what you guys are drinking right now. Uh, I'm Chef Craig oh, with uh, Fire and Forged, and I'm drinking the pills from 12 West right now. Ah, it's so good. And it's really good. Yeah, right? Awesome. And by the way, uh, he's wearing this fabulous flamingo shirt, and I'm quite obsessed it's awesome <laughs> flamingos are my jam oh yeah. they're so good no I, I did not have a tie-dye shirt for mark today so i was like well flamingos is close enough i think that'll work <laughs> this is close enough i know mark is i gotta get mark on the mic he will be i will find him and i will tie him down to a microphone um but yes i love it yes the wardrobe out here definitely fits the vibes all right and my friend come on in all right hi. so uh, hi i'm mike from ironwood american kitchen we're at the fairmont scottsdale princess 
I have a Tank 7, but uh, hopefully we can get something local here later. Right? Yes. Awesome. And I noticed that you're wearing a Ren House hat. Absolutely. Uh-huh. Shout out to Hilda and Alistair and all the good people over there at Ren House. Love favorite. it. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, my God. I, aren't they great? Mm-hmm. I love that. I Okay, so my little history. I was raised out here in East Mesa. And... I I heard about Santan Valley like kind of growing. I'm like, oh, well, that's like where all the farms are. And that was the best part because now I'm like, oh, now it's 10 years later. I can come back. There are these beautiful farms that are, have matured. Um, for those of you who are tuning in, it, we are sitting in this beautiful shaded area. And we're surrounded by probably about, I don't know, maybe two dozen, three dozen different tomatoes right now. And they're they're just sprouting up and nothing's really growing yet but I'm excited. It's, it's the greatest little setup here at Riba Farms. Um, so go ahead and tell us what we're, what have you been making today? Like what's your what's your what's your story today? Uh, today we're doing a Mary's fried chicken oyster with some pickles from vegetables that we were able to get from Mark at Riba Farms. Uh, so we're doing a bread and butter and a <laughs> pickled Ann. beet. I love it. I love it. What's your favorite thing to to make today? Uh, I really enjoyed making the bread and butter pickles. We use them in the restaurant as well, so it was a nice way to uh, buy a bunch from uh, the farm and then preserve the integrity of it throughout the throughout the seasons. So good. All right, what's your favorite thing that you've been making today? I've been making the deviled eggs. You you can't have an (gasps) Easter picnic without deviled eggs. Yeah, they're going quick too. But uh, and a little side note too, super secret but not secret. But if you haven't been over to that side of the farm, you know he's growing hops over there. Yes, and that's one of the main reasons that we're here at Riva Farms too is that it's hops are hard to grow in Arizona. He's they, figured it out. Uh huh. And he he is doing a great job. I'm excited to see like what varietal really he has neo varietal neo mexicana yes fuggle. And then Cascade. And then he's got one more. Oh, it was. And I don't know if it was an Idaho 7. It might be an Idaho 7. I felt like it was Idaho 7. Yeah. But listen, I'm I'm super hella impressed that any hops are being grown in Arizona regardless. Mm-hmm. Cascades are one of my top five flavorites. Yep. Uh, and, <laughs> and I said that right, flavorites. Uh, so I'm, I'm so excited. And I mean, Arizona, we have 110 microbreweries out here, right? We have, a, we have 110 breweries out here. Not necessarily micro, because they are definitely launching. And you know what? We have the access to to water. We have the access to these floodplains. Mm-hmm. We have the access to to provide brewers with with easily grown, not easily grown, but accessible grown. You know, and it's like it's all about this local thing. It's it's keeping the sustainable sustainability thriving and because of like the help that you guys are all doing whether it's volunteering to help out chefs whether you're a grower whether you're a chef i wholeheartedly feel like this is going to do nothing but enhance and enrich arizona's culture with culinary devices beer grow beer brewing and growing it's so exciting i love it we absolutely love it so thank you guys so much i, I want to hear more like literally if you guys are you know getting thirsty we are very, very fortunate to have 12 West IPA as well as well as their Arizona Pilsner being poured for us right here. Again, in the tomato farm, which used to be the old chicken coop, but it's absolutely darling and gorgeous. So if you haven't made your chance to drive out here to the Santan Valley, Riba Farms, R-H-I-B-A Farms, it is absolutely fabulous. And we have some incredibly talented chefs coming here and sharing their wares and sharing their expertise and like it's just absolutely fabulous um so again it's on 420 weekend and we are definitely having a good time out here so <laughs> so gentlemen thank you so much gentlemen and lady thank you so much mm-hmm. i want i want to hear more of you, about you guys but let's take a little bit of a beer break here i know that we can we're gonna absolutely. be out here all day this is only it's only about 10 till two yeah. so let's we need go, to get mark over here let's get mark yeah. Let's get Mark's ass over here. Yep. Shall We're going to have to drag him. Let's go. We'll do it. Absolutely. Love it, guys. Thank you so much. Test, test, test. Hi. Hey. Would you like a frosty adult beverage, by the way? <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> I will get there because once I start... Listen, you're a hardworking guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, congratulations on everything. This Thank you. This is fantastic. I've been so happy all day. Like, just literally just grin ear to ear. I love what you're doing here. This is fantastic. Yeah, it's it's a dream. 
I love it. Ladies and gentlemen, I have on the mic right now, Mike Ryba. Is it pronounced Ryba? No. Well, it is yeah, it is Ryba, but it's Mark. Mark. I've got Mark. Mark Ryba. I have Mr. Mark. Here's on the mic, and we are here at his farms, drinking Frosty Delt beverages, talking shop, and most importantly, the hops that you're growing. Oh, my word. You're growing hops in the middle of Santan Valley. Tell me about that. We were told that you can't grow hops here. So, we were you know, told. I like people to tell me that I can't do stuff. <clears throat> Actually, um, who really got the spark with me going was Patrick over at Arizona Wilderness. We sat down and they're one of my you know, bigger and better customers when it comes to buying funky food for their funky beer. Funky food. Um, the shop, another real biggie. Favorite, Michael Ann yeah, and favorite, Dave. Favorite, favorite people. Mm-hmm. Love um, them. They buy a bunch of stuff from me, too, to make their weird beers. And you know, we've done a beet beer with them. We did the peanut brittle with Arizona Wilderness. <gasps> yes. Um, oh, Farm Magic good. with Arizona Wilderness. Um, we did a, a hibiscus sour with the shop last spring. <clears throat> so uh, Patrick was talking to me about uh, a local hop called Neo-Mexicana, which is right. local to New Mexico. And I'd done some research and, yeah, okay, maybe. So what's it going to cost? I figure out the cost, what it's going to cost to get the hops here, and then what will grow in our climate since we right. are growing zone 9. Um, what's going to work with the heat, shade cloth, how do I get the actual plants or the crowns? Mm-hmm. And so I decided to jump in and after, of course, you know, a couple hours with Pat saying, you know, you can do this. If you have the right energy, you can grow it. So um, there was another set of guys. I don't know if you know them. They grow hops out in Maricopa. Ooh, no. What's the name of their hops? They're called 24-Hour Hops. Okay. Nice guys. They have a greenhouse out there. Oh. And they do uh, a greenhouse type set up and they they try and grow year round okay um they they caught on to my little hop thing through <laughs> instagram or one of the social media so they had to come out and start prowling so they had around to go checking out yeah, right. what's, what's this guy doing <laughs> <laughs> my biggest challenge last year was i well number one i i don't never grown them before and okay. I, I had no clue did my study i researched as what i could um found out what they like what they don't like and then tried to buy them. Um, and, of course, I needed to get hops in the ground very, very early in the year compared to the other hop growers like Michigan right. and Oregon. And, you know, they're, they have, they're just getting their stuff in the right. ground they now. they need a certain temperature. They need, right. you know, a certain acidity in the soil. So I could buy. So need, yeah. Last year I got the – we found the Neo-Mexicanos. There was only one guy selling them. It was out of Michigan. Okay. And I didn't get the crowns until late June. Okay, so, you're like, um, uh, yeah, yeah, nothing's gonna grow in the <laughs> We so we set it up. Rare. We set up the field. Um, I, you know, as you can tell, I'm a compost grower. Or I like compost. Yep, it's so, been very nice on my knees. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> walking uh, around here, I'm like, oh, I'm on squishy soil. Yeah, it's so great. This is I love all it. recycled from our food rescue program. I love this. So I we know, build for, it all. Yeah. For those of you who are listening, um, we're recording right now in the old chicken coop, but now it's currently the tomato yes. garden, yes. and we're set. We're surrounded by dozens of different varietals of tomatoes. Yep. Um, nice shady area. It's been perfect for a nice spring Arizona day. It is. I love it. It's we so had nice. to put you here. I, we, we had to. Yeah, we wanted to keep you happy. You know what? I'm very happy. In the little <laughs> beer situation in here, yep. I'm very happy. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> no, this is a great success. I'm so proud of this farm. I love it. I, I've, I've been obsessed with kind of like looking at like who's growing and who's not. And I'm a teacher myself. So, and same with Eric. So we'd like to teach. We're like really proprietors of like furthering education, not just with our generation, but like for younger generations. Right. And the fact that your farm is family friendly and that there are kids roaming around and they're actually engaged in what they're doing, you know, and they're engaged in where their food is coming from. And they're just as enthusiastic as their parents are. So I'm so happy and so proud that you have such a great setup here. Yeah, this is the awesome. idea. You know, it's community building. Um, it absolutely you know, the is. media wants to tell us that we're, we all hate each other, but we don't. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Um, you know, not. there's a lot of you know, neighborly love, and this is all about sharing the love. Regenerative farming is sharing love with the, with the earth. It is. And, uh, you know, I'm. we're going to leave this land better than we found it. So with the trees, everything, whoever gets it after us, I'm planting trees that I will never see the fruit from. 
So whoever's behind me um, will be able to experience all the beautiful stone fruit and everything. We've got 68 trees in now. We'll probably do another 60 next year, too. So yeah. my dream or my vision is each one of the gardens will be surrounded by some kind of a fruit or a nut tree. I love and it. And then we'll grow our vegetables in between it. The tree roots will bring the mineral up out of the soil. Um for the plants and again we do our own compost our own compost teas we feed the soil we don't feed the plants right um we're herbicide and pesticide free so mm -hmm. we fight the grass we've i had a lady yelling at me at the um, mesa farmer's market two weeks ago about bugs in my broccoli and you're like you're welcome you're welcome that's added protein for you well, this, this is extra this is your my gift to you this is my gift to you. My, you know, this this is a gal in the know. So it, she caught me by surprise. Yeah. Oh, you had bugs in your broccoli. Really? I go, okay, and... so? <laughs> okay, so? And she goes, well, you can't sell it with bugs. I, go, yeah. I can I, sell whatever I want. And I go, did, did you not wash it? I mean, she goes, oh, and you know, I just put it right in my fridge. And... Oh, let's, okay. <laughs> and I just said, there's your son. Ah, okay. That's what you have to tell her. This is organic. This is you're gonna have. Uh, you're gonna have vegetables with holes in the leaves. Yeah. I mean, all that is. It's part of the game. I think it makes it taste better. Yeah, mm -hmm. I agree. Uh, you know, uh, bugs are. It's a. It's a hell of a battle. I mean, they are ferocious. You have to look at Arizona and the invasive species and trying to outsmart one over the other, and it's a. It's a struggle. And then yeah. when people are just consumers, they just think about what. They're consuming. They're well, not and, thinking about the process or the interdependence in that, that comes with it. Food too. They, I mean, everything that they are told to believe. That's why I love kids getting dirty. Yeah, playing right. In the, playing in the mud, you know. Mm -hmm. Playing in the compost pile. I don't, you know, who cares if there's chicken poop in there or what? You know, if they're going to come it's out with splinters. System. Yeah, it's just the way exactly. it is. Um, you know, everybody wants to play in a compost pile. They're fun. I, I think you know, the getting dirty is the best way. Of learning, couldn't agree with you more. Exactly, it's it's sensory, not desensitization, but it's hypersensitization. Right. You know, you get to feel it, you get to know it, and a lot of times we're so desensitized to what actually like compost feels under our feet or what soil feels under our fingernails. We actually you know? do a class here where everybody's required to be barefoot. I love that. Right. Oh, stop. connect to the earth. I'm going to come to Santan Valley yep. a hell of a lot more often. While, while, while we're actually doing our class, I mean, Mary's got their toes in the soil. And oh, I love all it. All I'm trying to do is ground them. You know, 20, it. 25 minutes. And some people won't do it. I mean, they're, they're so paranoid of getting their feet oh. dirty. Because God forbid we've actually, you know, evolved over millions of years to not live in dirt. But, you know, it's funny. It's a little shout out to Eric. And I, I wish Eric was here. He's at a wedding in Tucson. Right. So so that's why I'm going to be hosting. I'm so glad that he got us to connect, Mark. I'm so happy. But his, he is raising his daughters to be in the dirt. And I love it. Yeah. Love it. Oh, my gosh. He's like, no, go play in the dirt. And you know what they get? They get just like lit up like a Christmas tree on their face. Like, yes. And so they go out, go play in the sand, they go play in the dirt, they go, you know, play with chalk on, on the sidewalk, you know, get a little bit sunburnt. Everything's going to be all right. Like, yeah. there, there's a reason why we've survived so long until now. It's not like this, you know, poof, a piss the nation. Yeah. That, that you know, it, it's unright to do this. No, it's our absolute human right to get in the dirt and get dirty and grow things that we literally eat out of the ground. It's so funny how our brains, like, make this shortcut. You know, <coughs> like, we make this shortcut in our daily lives, and we don't think about the interdependence that we need from a good versus a source. Yeah. You know? Another great class or tour uh, uh, that I, you know, why do you eat? Why? Yes. Yeah. So, and a lot of people, well, it makes me feel good. Okay. But why are you eating? Um, it's amazing what people will put it in their bodies. Mm -hmm. What they trust. Yeah. What, you know, what they trust. What they trust. Uh, Kellogg's, you know, Fruity Pebbles or some crazy thing like that. Wouldn't even consider uh, but they've got a little bit of dirt on a carrot, and oh my gosh. Oh or my gosh. a little bug that comes out of their broccoli. <laughs> but God eat, forbid. They'll eat all the crazy red dye and all the other funky shit that right. they're fed, you know, in fast foods. But so I, you know, I honestly believe that, you know, there isn't really a food revolution, it's an evolution. And, um, you know, for. We all need to share this peace. We all need to feel 
um, what it's going to take right. um, to grow our own food. And it, it's so easy. And people forget that. Yeah, it's not hard. They forget I mean, that. It's a pain in the butt. Don't get me wrong. The hours are long. <laughs> Doing it for a living is, is murder. But in your backyard, what you can grow and appreciate and... You'll just, I mean, it's, it's therapeutic. I mean, I was, ra- I was raised to, to know where my food came from. I was raised to know, like, from a very young age. I was raised out in East Mesa. So it's, it's not like it's farmland out there or it's completely devoid of, of where our food to table comes from. But there was a definite connection. And I remember being a kid and in Girl Scouts. You know, we would learn how to grow our own stuff and how important it is to appreciate our farmers and how to how important it is to appreciate, even if you don't have that connection. Say you live in, you know, an urban, you know, situation. You're you're in the middle of Phoenix. You can't have that access to to great organic foods. You have to understand where the connection can be. And when you have that base, when you have that foundation, then it kind of like lays the groundwork of what your brain is supposed to do later on in life as an adult. So as an adult, it's like, yeah, it can be real easy for me to go to Bash's or, you know, to any other chain grocery store and just pick up whatever I need. It's air conditioned. It's convenient. It's, there's the <laughs> automatic, like... You Kiwi in January. You can get... <laughs> kiwi in January. You can get dragon fruit in June. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, like, what? Yeah, learn how to eat seasonably. Exactly. And, and it's okay to eat seasonably. I don't need to have strawberries in the middle of February. It's okay. And there's okay. some really good science behind um, eating seasonably for your health, too. Uh, it's not, you're only supposed to eat tomatoes one time of the year. All your nightshades are only supposed to be one time of the year. In the wintertime, you know, when you're eating your root crops and mm-hmm. everything, um, only one time of the year. And then when the fruits and, and nuts come, you just you feast on those. And right. it's just you're, you're flushing your system and you're, you're exactly. keeping that biodiversity. Your microbiome is living. I don't you're need not, my, my fruits to come from Chile or, you know, right. south of the equator where I'm not going to be able to get that. And, like, my body has to understand that at the same time. But it's a difference between wants and needs. Right. And so oh, yeah. in Arizona, yeah, maybe we can grow some really cool, funky stuff in the middle, like, the dead of summer. And it's really good to eat and people just don't understand that your biodiversity directly affects where what you're eating and so like i found that fascinating especially when it comes to growing hops and hops is like it's tricky to grow right because you're growing what cascade your uh neo-mexicana and you have another one right fuggle Oh, tell me more about that one. Fuggle is another hot weather hop. Again, I was hunting for weather or for hops that did well in sure. in the heat. Um, for sure. The Cascades. If you look at the hop field, I can show you where the the northwest ones are planted and where mm-hmm. the southwest ones, and you can see the growth difference. Really? Yeah, it's massive. I'll have to I, check that and, out. And it's because of temperature and the struggle. Um, mm-hmm. So, I was thinking about buying more Neo Mexicanas this year. I did 250 plants last year. Um, wow. We lost probably 50. Okay. Um, over the turn, and mm-hmm. they they barely got um, to twelve foot uh, wow. by the fall pick. So, um, and now we're, you know, we're what are we? We're probably three weeks, four weeks coming out of the ground, and they're already at twelve feet, Whoa. and they're already showing fruit. So, Whoa. what I'm really hoping for is that we get a we get two or three harvests out of it, which I didn't think was going to happen okay. my second year. Um, like a, a hop vine is very much similar to a good grapevine. Sure. I mean, the longer it's in the ground, the better mm-hmm. it treats, the bigger it gets, the more durable. And um, as long as you're feeding it what it wants, um, they're you know they're nitrogen hogs. So okay. Um, I was just going to ask: Are they more like soil dependent? Are they more water dependent? They're not as bad. They don't like wet feet. Okay. Um, not like the bananas. The bananas love wet feet. Mm-hmm. But, um, they do require quite a bit of moisture. So I've always been, we're here we're on a well, um, and I, I water at night. I don't like to water during the day, okay. uh, especially in the sunny or the heat days. Sure. Um, so there is some, maybe a little bit of negative to that where we can get some mold issues, but we run a fungal-dominated compost to begin with, so okay. mold doesn't scare me. In fact, if I see it. Mm-hmm. Little mushrooms popping up around. I know we're doing something right. Cool. Um, because okay. it's 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 sporing. It's it's following its its life cycle. Can you do anything with the mushrooms that grow? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, our mushroom box has been short of amazing. Um, 
Although oh, no. I was really quite surprised with the mushrooms um, in the summertime oh, really? too, because the the heat factor. Yeah. We go to a different or a warm weather mushroom too. Um, but uh, you know, the up and, and it, Americans don't eat mushrooms like Europeans do. Okay. Um, and so there's a huge education process in front of mushrooms. And everybody says, "Oh, you grow mushrooms," you know. Uh, is it the funny kind? Am I going to get <laughs> is sick? Is it the funny yeah, kind? No. Listen, someday I, we'll get there. I fear but, no food. I yeah. fear no beer, and I fear no food. You put it in front of me. As long as it's not going to kill me, I'm going to be fine. Hey, good for you. <laughs> right. Now we've been looking into insect protein too. Yeah. Yeah. Another great idea. Mm-hmm. Um, with everything we Crickets have here, crickets and yeah, mealworm and everything we have on the farm, we'll feed mm-hmm. them. So that's fascinating. Um, yeah, it's always another dream or a passion. You know, no inputs. Yeah. All right, try your try try to be self-sufficient, completely self-sufficient, saving your own seed, um, doing everything you need to do with as little amount of outside input as possible. I mean, and that's a big thing. It's 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 a really positive trend that's going on, right? I mean, you have people that are saying, okay, the, well, they're organic, you know, forward, and they'll shop at Sprouts or Whole Foods, and there is there's a great movement and an impact that that consumer has. But the bigger thing is to grow your own. It's so easy to grow your own out here in Arizona. You have the, you just have to know what you're doing, what you're planting, and what you can provide. So for me, for example, I live on a condo, right? I have a two-bedroom, two-bathroom combo. Condo. <laughs> combo, condo. And so I have one area that gets about maybe four hours of direct sunlight. And so I just had to do my research. So succulents like low sunlight and high water. Uh, so I'm growing medicinal aloe. I had to do a pause there because it's you know Saturday. So I have I'm growing my own med- <laughs> I'm growing my my own medicinal medicinal aloe because I'm a big klutz. So whenever I'm in the kitchen, I guarantee you I am burning myself somehow, some way. So I'm growing it, and it's just like easily and like after a sunburn. I love going on the Salt River, and I'll come back, you know, lobster style. And I have that access to my own stuff. I don't have to go out and buy aloe that I don't know what chemicals are going into it. So, for example, I'll even, like, go a little bit deeper. I had cancer when I was a kid. So now I'm very much looking for things that I can grow myself. I know where it's coming from. I feel safe putting it into and onto my body. And you know what? Now that I have support from from growers locally that get it, that they get it you know it's just like it's not all about organic like that's such a hot topic word it's a marketing term it now. is a marketing term it's now. very watered down it is i mean there's <clears throat> there's quite a bit of herbicide and pesticide that are allowed hydroponics is allowed there's the purist that started organics um was was very it was it was a great great plan but mm-hmm. once the politicians got involved it, it's it's been toward shit so we're certified organic here simply because I need the label for Safeway Albertsons. Um, yeah. And if I didn't have that, I wouldn't be on their shelf. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and I wouldn't recommend anybody going organic unless somebody's going to pay you to do it. Fair enough. Um, because it's just not worth it. You aren't going to get that much more money for your food, especially like chicken eggs. Um, the price of chicken feed today and duck feed is, is astronomical, along with transportation. Um, it's huge money. So, um, you know, you're, to get $8 a dozen eggs is, is pretty hard to get. And if even if they were organic, you're still not going to get eight or nine dozen, which is what you really need mm-hmm. on a small farm to break even on your eggs. Wow. So, um, when, Or just, hey, folks, grow your own chickens. Yeah. They, no. they don't take a lot of effort. They don't take a lot of yeah. work. You get your own free, fresh stuff every day. And then uh. you start understanding the cycle. Golly, yes. <laughs> if I feed this chicken shit and the egg is not healthy, golly. Gosh, what do I need to do? Yeah, yeah. if I feed the bird How much, so beautiful food, so you know it's going to cool. give me beautiful food. Imagine that. Oh, my <laughs> word. Oh, yeah. my word. My goodness. But nobody cares about <laughs> nutrient density in the United States. Now, in Europe, it's a we, completely different world. We care about what vitamins we can get out of a bottle and just pop right yeah. into our bellies first thing in the morning. But we don't really understand that it comes mostly from our food, what really goes into our guts, what really, like, processes through our system. Yep. So you true. Know? So, so true. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, gosh, we could stand up. We can get on the soapbox all day and just <laughs> rattle on. But uh, thank you for coming and sharing no, this time at the thank farm. Thank you. I'm so happy that I got to be here. Eric does 
very, very much wish that he comes back and he will be back. And I'm going to drag his ass all the way from North Phoenix to come down here and we're going to do another one. And I am so honored to, to take on to this amazing experience that you provided for us. Thank yeah. you so much, Mark. Yep, we'll be Mark. back. Mark, where can we find your products and what kind of farmer's markets <clears throat> can we see? Right now I'm at the Mesa, the, the brand new downtown Mesa farmer's market, okay. um, which the owners uh, from Worth Takeaway have started. Um, and we're there Saturdays from 8 o'clock until noon. As soon as the heat gets here, they're going to go 7 to 11. Um, so look up for the summer hours. <clears throat> right. Mm-hmm. So... And then here at the farm stand, out way out in the Tuleys in Santan. <laughs> in the Tuleys. Um, believe it or not, the neighborhood supports our farm stand. We have got quite a little, we've got four or five big families that come and they they spend their entire week's earnings here. I love it. Uh, me too. Love it to death. Love it. So, um, and then we service 35 restaurants, or close 30 to 35 restaurants in the Phoenix area. I've seen your truck driving uh, around Central yeah, Phoenix, too. Much too. Time. I'm I like, spend, hey, I know I those guys. I spend way too much time in my truck. <laughs> and since we live out in the Tuleys, we're burning up our trucks because we, we're doing 100 miles on a delivery route. I'll uh, hotshot your stuff if you need me to. Yeah, that would be great. You, I'll just shoot you a text. Like, hey, what do you need out, out in Central Phoenix? I, yeah. I will stuff my little Toyota we full have, of what you got. We have uh, some real dynamic partners uh, like uh, Sasha, Super Sasha at 24 yeah. Carats. We have a couple coolers in our restaurant. So what's really beneficial to us, if you want to help your small farmer in, in a small way, is join their CSA. Um, The CSA is, I don't know if you know what it is. Most people are kind of confused. It's community-supported agriculture, and basically you buy a share on the farm. So kind of like Agritopia down there? Yep, uh, he's got one. Most of the farmers now have CSAs. Okay. where it's so helpful for us is that we'll we'll get 20 or 30 or 40 or 50 people that will mm-hmm. pay up front um, for 10 weeks worth of food. And it's like a $25 box. And it ranges from 8 to 14 or 15 items. We've had all the way up to 20 items in our box. Whoa. You kind of, you're buying a share in the harvest. Uh-huh. So, and the boxes go, I mean, they're, but... It gives us that upfront money that we mm-hmm. need for payroll, for maintenance, for seed, right. um, the labor, and everything else. So if you know if we get you know four or five thousand dollars ahead, mm-hmm. um, we'll just put it right back into the farm, Beautiful. and then we feed you for the next ten weeks or the oh next my gosh. eight weeks. Or, Imagine that you yeah. have like a, two months worth of groceries. Literally at your fingertips. We have an every other week oh. program. It's a split share. Um, yeah. And we have a, a there's a, a company called Partially uh, for those that don't have the $250 to spend up front. Mm-hmm. And you, you, it costs you an extra dollar uh, to join Partially. One and, whole dollar. And they hit your credit card every week okay. um, for your box. And we drop boxes all over the valley. In fact, uh, Vibber, Chef Vibber. Up at Cartwright's, up mm-hmm. in Cave Creek, is a new drop location. So we've got Cave Creek. So you're hitting up the North Valley. Listen, yep. you guys are all over the place. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I'm we're, so we're happy for you guys. So as long as we keep people buying boxes, we're oh. going to go. We typically, if we can find five people that will buy a box in the area, and we can find a, a restaurant partner or uh-huh. uh, any kind of. We have a dentist office that does one. A dentist office. Yeah, we there is literally no market that has been untouched for you guys. There's no market that you guys can't help communally to to perpetuate just healthy living by supporting local farms. Yeah, it's so beautiful and it's easy. Yeah, and and the the small farmers need all the all the help they can get. People forget how easy it is to access a small farm. Yeah, but all they, I mean. My, you know what my mom says? She's like, you know, Elizabeth? She calls me Elizabeth, not Liz. She's like, GTS that. I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, Google that shit. <laughs> She's like, just Google that shit. I'm like, okay, mom. Yeah. So she, you know, and you know what? It's so simple. And you guys are so accessible. You guys have a great location. I'm so proud of you guys. I'm going to make the schlep from, personally, I'm going to make the schlep from Central Phoenix to come down here and to make sure that I can help support you guys for yep. sure. Uh, another uh, Central Phoenix, uh, yep. Phoenix City Grill. Oh, we were, I was just geeking out about that. Like, if there was a video on here, you'd see my eyes are just like bug eyed. I'm like, Phoenix City Grill. I love them. Yeah, Chef Micah. Uh, I have friends here from Oregon that came oh. down for the week for the picnic. And uh, we went. Uh, we we went. And he just he just thrashed us last night. <laughs> it was so much fun. I mean, it was I just chef it. special. Everything, and I it was. Love it. But we'll be dropping boxes there too. Beautiful. So, um, yeah, we. I mean, if 
if I'm delivering to the restaurant anyway. You might as well make a double dip. Hey, you're in there. Why not leave four or five boxes in the restaurant's coolers? The restaurant wants the people coming in. Hopefully, they'll buy a drink. Can I get my box? Yep. Can I get and my a beer? Box? Yeah, you know. Exactly. I'll get a beer while I wait for my box. Yeah, that's that's perfect. We have it down at the shop brewery too. Oh, the shop beer co. Yeah, they just yeah <sighs> we put it in their cooler. And Love those guys. We've got a couple of college kids that go in and go get their boxes and have yep, a beer. Yep, it's right there on Mill. It's right next to Mill Avenue, walking distance yeah. from campus. Yeah. Absolutely. No, we're a big we're big fans of of the shop beer co. Yeah. And Twelve West. Thank you so much for having Twelve West come in here today. Yep. Oh my gosh. There are big. Oh, uh, this. This Zona Pills. Yeah. <laughs> it's silly how good now, it is. Now, you guys have saved me some, haven't you? Uh, I can't make any promises. <laughs> <laughs> that was perfect. How, how not to pour an IPA. <laughs> now, if you, if you tune into our next podcast, we will be doing a Cicerone certification process and how you can become a certified Cicerone. It's very simple, very uh, inexpensive, and a lifetime of knowledge uh, that I may have to have some of my chef friends come in and hang out for. <laughs> Works for me. <laughs> but yes, absolutely. Well, Mark, Again, I'm off to so go much. do another tour. Let's go do some more tours. I'm <laughs> going to hang uh, out here yep. again in the tomato farm. And I love getting like, the tomato vibes. Yep. I this. need to start growing my own. I want to do an heirloom tomato thing. I, I, have the, I have the space for a very small garden. It's just, it's hard when you live in a condo in the middle of Central Phoenix. But here's the thing. My challenge to myself is that I will be proving myself wrong. I will grow my own produce in the literally like... I don't know, five by two area, I'm going to make it work. I will make it work. And I will be such a supporter of Riva Farms. Riva. Riva. I know. I keep bringing it every time. Riva Farms. But it's Mark. It's not Mark Riva. It's Mark. It's just Mark. But thank you so much for having us here. Thank you. I'm so proud of you guys. You you. guys are the best. Thank you. See ya. Yay. Bye. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to the episode. Make sure you check out Riva Farms. They are doing some awesome, awesome things over there. They have the farm boxes that you can get um, uh, available every single week. There's some really, really good ones, um, really good ingredients that they have. So they really only sell what they grow. Um, they also have a farm stand Saturdays from 9 to 1 at the Riba Farms farm stand. So that is in the Santan Valley. Awesome people. Mark is doing some really cool things, including growing some hops now. So uh, I know that they provide hops to Arizona Wilderness and um, just really doing some cool stuff. And Mark is just an awesome guy. So check it out. Also, Tap That AZ is part of the Hopped Up Network, which is a group of independent craft beer podcasts focusing on putting positive light on craft beer across the country. So there's about 30 podcasts part of this network right now. So go check them out. Hoppedupnetwork.com. Always remember, stay awesome.